0: Covid, vax, facts. facts, Emergency medicine remix. Welcome to Emergency Medicine Remix, episode X twenty two, booster shot. Hashtag Vax Facts. As usual. We don't have all the answers, no one does. This is an open table and a conversation seeking first and foremost the truth. We uh, want to be honest and honor the uh, spirits, those who have voices at the table and those who are not represented in this forum right now. Guys, first and foremost, how you doing? How you been doing? How you feeling? These are uh, scary times. These are times of changing as they always used to say back in the days.
1: Speak. Um, I don't know about you guys, but in Philadelphia, we're officially, I guess, in the second wave. I think that's everywhere across the nation. I could speak for Philly, um, where we are having increased numbers, but for some reason, the patients aren't as sick as in the first round. Um, and I feel like maybe that's because people are coming in sooner because you know what symptoms to look out for. I think maybe we're not perceiving them to be as sick because we're used to taking care of COVID patients and sick patients, so we don't really have as much fear and like trepidation and, um, you know, nervousness about approaching these patients, but I do feel like it's picking up, which is why this is a great time for us to have this discussion about vaccines because we're officially in the second wave. We don't know if there's going to be a third wave, um, but definitely over here things are picking up. But um, the patients aren't as sick, which feels a little bit reassuring. Um, but still, not com- I don't feel completely comfortable because it's still a very real threat out in these streets. Um, I mean, I, yeah.
2: I agree. Yeah, like in terms of a thing in New York, same thing. You know, I wasn't here for, I was at Atlanta when the peak happened in New York in in March and April. Um, I was kind of joking around, I feel like a fake hero because I was in Atlanta when things were kind of calm and New York was getting killed. And when it came to New York, things were bad in Atlanta. (laughs) It's kind of just the surges and stuff. But in New York, it's definitely rising again. So I work at two hospitals, one is the academic center, and then one is a community hospital where there's bare minimum stuff, not very low population, uh, number of people come to the emergency room. Like, honestly, in, in that hospital, the lower one, I was probably seeing zero patients, I think, with COVID for a long period of time. But every shift now is like five, six, seven coming in for, with COVID symptoms. And I think the scary thing, I think I agree with Shitty. Like, there's a lot of patients who are not super sick. I remember when we were in Atlanta, we were like intubating patients, or they're very in, in severe distress in terms of breathing. um But I feel like it's not as bad. But I think what's making me nervous is that like patients are coming in with no fever, no other symptoms, but they have other random symptoms like just confusion, and then they become COVID out of nowhere, right? So I think that's the thing. It's me kind of like we're always thinking about, hey, it's respiratory stuff, it's fevers, but. We began a lot of patients that just have random other symptoms, just like fatigue or like had one lady who was just confused and she was we were concerned that she may have had a stroke, um, but she was COVID, you know. And so I think that's scary. I think for me, I'm getting scared. I think I don't know why this wave is kind of making me scared because I think it's just it's just like how the country is going. You know, I think it was bad initially in, in the beginning of the pandemic. But it's just like looking at California, like I have a good friend in California. So they're just preparing for the worst right now. And there's 60,000 people that were tested positive yesterday. So it's just like, I think it's just the wait, direction is. Say it again, is,
0: say it again, run it back. You know, you know, you know, the format, yeah. you know, the format, run it back. How many people
2: were positive? 60,000. That's four zeros after the six. And that's okay. just the state of California. That's so I live
0: lot. in one of the, I live in one of the small Atlanta suburbs, uh, Decatur, where everything's greater, and the city of uh, Decatur only has <laughs> twenty-two thousand people, so that's like three times of the entire population of uh, Decatur. Yeah. Or if everybody got in Decatur court COVID three times, I mean so I want to yeah. put this into some perspective. Yeah, and if I'm hearing you guys right, you know, uh, there's been this kind of a uh, almost bimodal, and that what that means is that it was really high one time, it goes down, and now maybe it's going up again, but it looks different. So okay. for shitty you said it looks a little different than it did it was worse on the front end right mm-hmm. jawad you said you know you came that you were down here with us and it was you know it was pretty bad on the front end and uh you know then you went up to new york where it was bad where it's now not as bad but yet you got all these other things that are not quite the same as they were on the front end so they typical? so i'm going to come in and say for us it's all those things here in atlanta we've got actually a second wave and looks i mean it looks bad. I mean, it, you know, are the numbers uh, as bad as they are in New York and California? No. But does it look bad? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this last week, we just got crushed and we you know we are running out of room to place people because there's so many uh PUIs are people under or persons under investigation for COVID. And just like you guys hit on it, it looks different. I mean, that was our last podcast. When we first talked about this early in the spring, remember we were talking about the unknown, the fear of the unknown. We didn't know mm-hmm. what COVID was. We didn't know how deadly it was. Yeah. We didn't know how undeadly because the, the, the Case fatality rates weren't established. We weren't actively contact tracing. We weren't doing any of the stuff to give us good information. So you had this unknown and we realize now we're seeing stuff that's still unknown. You got people coming with rashes, strokes, altered mental status, blood clots to the lungs. I've had people who have uh, heart failure now, young, healthy people. So um, that's a little unnerving. You know, you know, I know, you know, sometimes you like to believe, okay, we've been through this, we beat it the first way, but it's still a a fear. Now I'm going to hit you guys with the second part of that. That's the fear of the disease has been here for, let's say, eight, nine months now. What about the, the, the offered prevention? People are afraid of the prevention.
1: And people this is- are afraid- that's actually really funny because I feel like when it first happened, everyone was like, oh my God, but if we get this vaccine, everything's going to be okay, if yeah. we, just, if we just get this vaccine. And now that it's very real and we actually have this vaccine, people are like, I'm not getting that, oh, I'm, not, I'm not touching that. So I think it's a real, real thing. Um, are you guys getting the vaccine? I think that's what most people are asking because you know they're looking at us as healthcare providers, as guinea pigs, and as like the informed public, right? If we get the vaccine, I think that more people would feel a little bit more comfortable getting the vaccine just because, um, you know, we're the informed, I guess, you know, so to speak. So, are you guys planning on getting the vaccine?
0: Jawad, you were first in line. So I, I like to say you were uh, in front of
1: the line on yeah. the front line.
2: So you a double yeah. number one. So so talk, man. What, what, what did you so, do? Uh, so I actually got the vaccine two days ago. Sell out. Uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Good job. This podcast is brought to you by Microsoft. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I, I did not sell my Apple products. I don't have any Microsoft stuff. Bill Gates is not controlling me. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I think, you know, we were talking about this before, the fear of the disease, and I think it, it is pretty, not just for the lay people, but I think just us in healthcare, we are, have a little bit of a fear with the vaccine as well, too, because we're concerned how fast, I guess, it came. Usually vaccines come, take, takes a lot of time, a couple of years, maybe even longer, right? So I get the fear. Um, I was nervous, but I think for me at the end of the day, I like I had a lot of personal things. I think, you know, again, I'm a, yeah, we're doctors but we also have other things that we're trying to protect, right? Like we have, you know, our family, you know, our our spouses, our kids, you know? And so I think for me, it was just that, you know, every time I would come home, I was just this intense fear. Like, am I going to expose my son to this? Am I going to expose my wife to this? You know? And then they're honestly the two most important things in my life. Right. And so one of the fact, like, I love Atlanta, I miss Atlanta, but we, the reason we came back to New York was to be with our, 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 family. And so I'm not be you know i'm nervous to see my parents my dad has a lot of health care a lot of health problems also like two weeks ago was uh my wife's uncle in pakistan actually died from covid um and he has the same health issues as my dad and so i think that's what that kind of got real for me i think again we always talked about this before we all have sentinel events right and i think for me like we had this nervousness about the vaccine I, I was, was always signing to the part where i want the vaccine but i think when knowing this you know Sana's um uncle passed away who had the same health issues as my dad, you know, I think made me really nervous. Like, Hey, I need to protect people that are around me. Again, this vaccine is not just for us it's for the broader community as well too. And I think for me, like, yeah, the fear is that this, we don't know what this vi- vaccine is going to do. Um, but as like, at the end of the day, like I, I want to end up protecting my family and the things people that are important to me at the end. And I think at the end, that's why I made the decision like, hey, I'm going to get this vaccine at the end of the day. And the other things I think I'm just tired of this pandemic. I just want to kind of see maybe this is our path to normalcy. And so, like, why not, you know, like just, you know, I think we were very pessimistic where we're kind of worried about what if this thing is going to be the good is good. You know, what if this thing is going to lead to a, a better future? I don't know. So I'm just, I guess I'm a guinea pig. We'll find out what happens. But going to be my guinea
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was all gung-ho for this vaccine because I was like, yes, science, science. And it was, it was cool. Like, science is the only thing that's going to get us through this. And I really, truly believe that. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get the vaccine. I'm going to be first in line. But then I got the email uh, two days ago and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, might want to wait. And I think, I think I I told my family that I was going to get the vaccine. And I think a lot of that is what's kind of making me feel a little bit more hesitant now, as opposed to uh, when we first had our beginning podcast about the vaccine. And I was like, yes, vaccine, vaccine. Um, But my mom was like, of course, like every mom, Nigerian, African mom is like, what about your fertility? And I'm like, what about my fertility? We don't know, you know? So I think as a as a woman who you know i'm newly married like these are things i need to think about like we don't know what's going to happen with fertility we don't know if this vaccine is safe in pregnancy theoretically there's a very low risk in pregnancy but you know in the two major studies pregnant women and children were excluded so um we're only say that again say say that one more time yeah pregnant women and children so anyone below the age of 16 was excluded right. in the major trials. And that was a seventy, approximately 70,000 person, tr- these trials. Um, oh, so gosh. we don't know the risk. And I think that that's what's causing me to have a little bit of pause. The, the easy answer is, yes, I will be getting the vaccine. But I do have some pause. And, you know, I think a lot of my colleagues are, like, showing their stickers. Like, I got the shot showing pictures on Instagram. And I'm really kind of feeling oppressed by that because... I don't know. It's making me feel like, okay, am I doing the right thing by waiting? But I don't want to be first in line for anything. The only thing I want to be first in line for is pizza, honestly. So if it's not is
2: that is that that also a shade at me sending you the picture on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, you (laughs) also sticker. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are a person. Jeez, stop it, okay?
0: And I and I put it on Instagram.
1: Right, It's like, oh, I voted. It's like, oh okay, I know you voted. Dang, we don't need to know got the tattoo. You know, it's oppressing me, so please stop. I will be getting the shot, but I'm not going to be getting it in this first wave um, because I don't like to be first for anything except for pizza, food, Chinese food. If that's what you're offering, I'll be first in line for that, but not for no vaccine. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's free, and
0: free
2: money, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, and money, too, and make- <laughs>
2: Okay. No, see, this is interesting because I was thinking about this too. Like I always tell everybody, right? Like I, I'm really into technology, into cars and stuff. You never get the first generation, right? So Hello. I always tell people that I don't do that. Hello. But I don't know. I think this is this is different. I feel like this yeah. is so so. Different. So, so I'm i I'm gonna you know
0: because because this is what the OG did. I'm gonna remix this. So I'm I'm gonna chop it up. I'm gonna chop it up. Um, I'm I'm with you. And I and, and I I I told people I so said yeah I'm gonna get it. But I'm going to give myself time to educate myself, mm-hmm. you know, because there is such a thing as informed consent. Mm-hmm. And I have a right as, as a patient, as well as a practitioner or provider or doctor, whatever, you know, other term you want to call on my medical side to educate myself. The problem is that people don't realize there's a consequence to that. If you're going to delay. That's OK. I got to be willing to accept the risk of possible delay, just as willing as I'm to accept the risk of taking something that hasn't been proven, you know, adverse effect free for a long period of time because it's new. So if people are willing to have that honest discussion, take that time to educate themselves, they have every right to wait to make decisions that's called informed consent and scientists and, and, and physicians are no different and then those of us who have a legitimate history where the science did fall down there yeah. were some effects that we didn't expect let's not act as physicians as if you know everything we put out there is, is gold mm-hmm. and you know and everybody you know, is a silver bullet and everybody gets better and we eradicated disease with no you know collateral damage that's not the way the world works There are consequences mm-hmm. to everything both good and bad so we have to have that honest conversation with our parents, with our patients, and I think this forum where we're able to say that openly with one another—that hey, yeah, look, I'm gonna be honest with you—I uh, remember when the Rotashield vaccination for rotavirus had interseption as a consequence, and they had to pull it. Late '90s, early 2000s. Were there was there a body count that was pretty large with that? No, far more kids died from diarrheal, diarrheal illness than from rotavirus vaccination, but was there some damage? Yes. So we got to be honest about that. Tell your patients, was there a side effect? Yes. But we believe the risk is greater than any potential side effect then let me do the due diligence. Give me the information. Let me read it. Help me break it down. Help explain to me. And that's what we're hoping to do here. We're not immunologists. We're not epidemiologists, but we are workers of public health. We are the front line. And let no one tell us differently. So we know when we've seen things that we've offered, That sometimes, wow, man, I didn't expect that to happen. But it's always with the spirit of doing a good, doing no harm, that they're risk is far less than the benefit. So, so I feel you, am I going to get it? Yeah, I'm going to get it. Am I going to, am I finished my due diligence? No, I'm closer. (laughs) I'm closer than I ever been. And I don't have a timestamp on that, but I'm closer than I ever been. And let me shout out uh, Pastor Nick Talaferro, who gave us an opportunity to say just that, to speak to our people, just that in the wonderful city of uh, Philadelphia, city of brotherly love. We feel the love that As black and brown people, we get your fears, but let's be honest, we're between a rock and a hard place right now. We got a disease that disproportionately kills us with a history with a system that has not always done right by us. And we have to have this almost this catch 22 or what is called a Hobson's choice, which is the lesser of the two evils. I'm gonna tell you right now, leaning on the side of history, the vaccination is the lesser of two evils. Far more of us have died from infectious diseases and still are than for any iatrogenic, that means a harm caused by science or a medical practitioner. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is. And we got to accept that. But I understand you want to do that math for yourself. So do it. But while you're doing it, do it with social distancing. Do it with a mask. Do it six feet apart instead of six feet under. You know, I'm going to preach to you right now because that It's not a choice. You can't say I ain't doing a mask, I ain't doing no vaccinations, I ain't gonna do it because that's irresponsible. I'm done, I'm off.
1: I I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I just feel like this vaccination, and I mean, this is my own opinion, but like nothing's really gonna change in my life and the way I'm practicing my life after this vaccination, which is why I don't feel like I need to be um, patient zero uh, for this vaccination because I was like, oh, once we get vaccinated, do we still have to wear masks? They were like, yes. I was like, okay, do we still have the social social distance? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yes, because you know, ultimately, to get like herd immunity in the in this um, country, like that's what 75 to 80 percent immunity, it's gonna take years because it's, it's gonna be rolling out slowly. So we're still gonna have to be doing the mask um, up until this point. I've been very diligent about you know <laughs> being smart about socially distancing and using um, PPE, and I've been in the most exposed uh, population of of this virus and i feel like i've been doing a good job with just being smart and i feel like that's going to continue so i don't think i need to be patient zero and oppress people with stickers saying that i got vaccinated <laughs> um in order for that to to make people do what I mean. I mean i i am i am actively educating myself especially as a woman because that's the perspective that i want to share Um, So I know that the American College of Gynecologists and I know that the Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine both put out statements saying, you know, we don't know what this is going to do in pregnant women. Theoretically, the risk is low, but you have to discuss with your practitioner and see whether or not your risk and benefits what weighs out. And so for me, I'm in a population where they're like, "Uh, girl, go get that vaccine because of my exposure at work. Um, And so I think they're start. They're going to start a new trial in pregnant women like next month. Um, so the information about that is not going to come out for a while. But I definitely will get the vaccine eventually, um, sooner rather than later. And I know that a lot of my pregnant um, co-workers are getting the vaccine for that very reason, because our exposure and our risk. I think COVID. I think it's two times more like deadly, or you'll have crit- uh, two times likely to have critical illness in a pregnancy than someone who is not pregnant in the same cohort age, comorbidities Mm. and all that. So um, the risk is there. um, And I think that we have some promising um, data with just the general public and that we can Mm. extrapolate that to pregnant women at this time. So I'll
0: be good. And we feel you, we feel you. So what you're you're basically saying is that you don't wanna see this right here. Um, I'm just gonna, this is what you don't (laughs) wanna see this little thing right here. I
1: hate that thing. That right there. That people right there, are exactly. oppressed. I don't like the oppression. Like, okay, okay. guys, hey, guy,
2: get right, it. I'll have you know. know. I didn't you know. do from right anywhere. Right?
1: You would have. All right, it. I
2: just <laughs> had to do it. I, I had posted. to do it. It's this you, thumb right here. That was the thumb. Would have posted
1: it, <laughs> if it on social media because that's what people are doing out here trying to oppress me. But it's okay. I will not be swayed. I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm gonna wait for a little longer, and then I'm gonna get it probably on the yeah. second week. But otherwise, because still-
2: you know, you you mentioned you mentioned the statement. It reminds me of like what I just read like the other day on on Reddit, where uh, a woman was like, you know, my husband got the vaccine, and the only side effect is that he keeps telling people that he's got the vaccine. So that's the thing with social media. It's like everybody just keeps, you know, saying, that, "Hey, look, I got the vaccine." So that's like the only side effect I can think of right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That he, the, the, the short-term memory is gone. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so let's let's talk about it. So, in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce this song. We're going to let this bump play. It's uh "Mixed Messages" by Big Crit. You know, there's a lot out there. <clears throat> you know, you just heard us have slightly varied opinions on when and how we were going to do this. Uh. So we're gonna let this ride, and in the meantime, educate Good. yourself. Remember that. Remember the most important and the most effective forms of uh, medicine are education and prevention. Um, my wife just hit me on something she wanted me to, you know, blush out with while this is rocking. Is that we believe that information and knowledge are the same. They are not. We believe that wisdom. And knowledge, are the, are, see, the of, knowledge and are the same they are not we believe that discernment knowledge and wisdom are the same they are not but they yeah, yeah so there you go right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. wisdom is the application of knowledge knowledge is basically the possession of facts that are truthful information can be false or correct so we got to be able to do the due diligence and that's called discernment how do you figure out between what is real, what is fact, what is fiction and then apply it in wisdom and then garner it and make it a part of your own narrative of yourself where it's actually true so that's it so let's move on guys you know I'm going to fade this out Um, let's talk about vaccines in general you know let's talk about what you know, they have done for us over the years. You know, there have been some positive things, there have been some negative things. Uh, you know, which one do you want to grab the mic uh, on this one? Because we act as if, you know, this is, you know, silver bullet, you know, shot done. I'm good forever. You know, I just, just give me a shot, doc, and, you know, and I'll be all right. You've heard that before. Benefits, risk, you guys know them? Benefits, we don't
1: have polio. <clears throat> Benefits, when was the last time you saw mumps? Measles, anybody? You know, like these are the benefits. These are, these are illnesses that wreaked havoc in a time when they were new and novel. And now we don't even think about them or bat an eye. Um, I think the benefits are clear. There are illnesses that have been eradicated. Like that's crazy if you think about it. There are illnesses that have been eradicated secondary to vaccines. Mm-hmm. So I think that that speaks volumes. I think that is the benefit. I don't know if there's any other benefit that we need to talk about besides the fact that they work. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So, so you you, you you crushed it. I mean, like you you,
1: you know. You, you,
0: oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> Get your girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, but seriously but yeah. though. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, you know, we we talk about all these potentials. It could, it could, it could. But there was no doubt. Polio, measles, mumps, rubella, smallpox, pertussis, a whooping cough. You know, these things were straight out crippling and killing people. And you don't even see them anymore. You, you forgot they even exist because the beauty of, you know, immunology and and the people who invented that, uh, you know, vaccinations and the public health agents who, uh, m- you know, mandated that children had to have these you know before going to school. It's been a long march, but let's not throw that out the window. You know, let's not forget the benefits of that and and, and forget about what it was like when our parents and our parents' parents, you know, I knew people who had polio. I actually had a friend down the street their big sister was on uh braces you know arm braces and leg braces because she had polio that that is big that you don't see kids walking around like that anymore so you know that being said and done tetanus shoot i've I've seen a tetanus patient before in my internship mm-hmm. it was I mean, it was it's ungodly. It was like something from The Ring or one of those uh, <laughs> those horror movies where the person's back is all arching and yeah. you know they're breaking their bones and stuff. It's, it was absolutely horrible. So when you see what diseases can do, sometimes it creates a real perspective of the benefits and the yeah. wonders mm-hmm. of uh, immunizations. But go ahead, Jawad. I'm I'm grabbing no, the I mic. Mean, go ahead. No, no,
2: I, I think I, I think that the point I was going to make. I thing is that I think we're so privileged in the Western world where a lot of these diseases have been eradicated, and I think we become ignorant of of the potential of what it can do. Right, and so I think that's where like, hey, we're not seeing anything going around, so what's the point of vaccinating, right? And I think, again, in terms of a lot of these, these diseases have been eradicated, but again, in terms of polio, they're pretty rampant in two countries in, in the world right now, that's Pakistan, my country, and Afghanistan, right? And so again, like you have a lot of people who are trying to get vaccinated in these countries, they're trying a strong effort, but there is unfortunately, um, you know, a, a, the, the Taliban, believe that you're gonna be sterilizing the Muslim population. And so that's where they're basically attacking these health workers and preventing them from being vaccinated. And, but it's still pretty rampant. I mean, and Chitty, like our, one of our attendings at Stony Brook had polio and whenever he walked, he had a limp, right? And that's because he was affected by polio. That's something that we're seeing, you know? And so I think a lot of us are not seeing the outcomes I mean, in terms of shit he was saying about measles, but measles has been over the past couple of years, like it's rising again, because right. again, there's a whole movement of people not vaccinating, vaccinating at all. And again, if we were able to vaccinate, we would see very low numbers. I think when I was reading an article before things, what like 800,000 uh, in the past year was either, I forget, it was like, I get confused, either 200,000 deaths or like, it was like, uh, or 200,000 cases or 800,000 cases. But these cases in the past year or two have been really, really skyrocketing in terms of measles. Um, but I think that's the thing, I think since we're not seeing it and we're not talking about it, I think people think that nothing is happening. So why would I continue to vaccinate myself um, when everything is fine?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and go, go ahead, Chidi, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I was, I, I was, I was just agreeing with him because I just think that because things are going well, people are like, oh, there's nothing wrong. And I think, um, I don't know if we're moving to this point yet, but I think this, you know, the, the risk of getting vaccines, like if you guys come to me and talk to me about autism, like I'm not gonna speak <clears throat> about that because that's been debunked several times over. Um, if you wanna look for articles, there are articles, there's research, there's extensive research, research that shows that there's no correlation. So I really don't know what else there would be besides like the risk in um, marginalized communities, which that's real. Um, just feeling that fear in marginalized communities about getting vaccines especially in this day and age of social media where there's so much misinformation where everybody anybody and everybody could have a platform and speak and say whatever they want um, and it can just be consumed um, in mass quantities and so I think that um, there's a lot of misinformation that's being spread right now definitely know our sordid history of you know the government and giving medications and vaccines and pills um and doing experiments on these marginalized communities but i think at at this point we should acknowledge that that that's something and not just say why are people so untrusting why are people so distrustful of the government and say what are you doing to make yourself trustworthy? You know, like, let's switch it. Like, what are these companies doing? What is the government doing to make themselves trustworthy to these marginalized communities as opposed to being like, oh, why are you fearful? Why you, why don't you have trust in us? You know what I mean? Like, let's switch it around because why are we attacking the people who are fearful? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I think, Beautiful.
0: Yeah.
2: Beautiful. Go yeah, ahead. No, Go no, ahead, Juwan. I, no, I, no, I like 100% agree. I think one of the, like, we need to be able to... Provide people with knowledge, I think. But I think the problems of people who are pro-vaccine, in terms of scientists, kind of get this arrogance about them, and they kind of, you know, they basically kind of try to humiliate individuals who are kind of had questions. Because remember, not everybody is gung-ho vaccine causes autism, right? There's a different components of being anti-vax, I guess, right? It's it's there's parents who are concerned about about getting all these vaccines in a short period of time, right? Like this, I guess, in terms of how the vaccines are scheduled. But a lot of people are nervous about things. I mean. You're absolutely right i mean we saw in the history in history we see that there's a whole issue with with the government being involved in in, in 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 you know uh giving disease to people whether it's minority minority groups or not and i think even with this covid vaccine i think people were nervous how quickly i guess this vaccine was was established and i think again and then the problem is that we politicized everything about covid right whether it was wearing masks or social and these precautions but again now you had, a, you know, a leadership that was promoting, hey, we're going to get vaccines right away. That's going to basically get this to go away. And then I'm going to get elected in 2020. In and then you have then like, hey, look, we're not going to take vaccines that this guy is going to be promoting. So I think now you have this issue where people have this sense of big mistrust when it comes to the vaccine. And I, and I get that. Um, but I think, you know, we have to be able to address it with humility and with just answering people's questions. I think I think that's the problem. We get too aggressive or, or, or condescending, and I think that's what leads turns people off to listen to us.
0: Absolutely. So so let's let's talk about it. So you know we have access to information that sometimes our uh, our listeners and sometimes our colleagues are just uh, arrogantly ignorant. Of. And here it is. So in 1955. Um, when the polio vaccine was actually uh, basically disseminated, uh, people were lining up and there were a certain fractions uh, fraction of uh, individuals who received the vaccines, kids who actually accidentally got the live virus and actually came down with polio. Let's yeah. admit that. When you hide that history, you lose credibility amongst people. Yeah. When you say, we messed up. It shouldn't have been this way. And this is how we try to prevent it from happening in the future. And here are all the times where we caught that mistake and made it right. So did people get polio from the polio vaccine? Yeah, that happened. It was a Northern California... Vaccination manufacturer who actually had the live virus, and I think it was 120,000. We're gonna post the articles where you can fi- find the stuff because we're about you know educating yourself. Remember that. And I'm gonna what you hear rocking in the background is knowledge. Learn that is is also I'm gonna rock after that. Be safe. These are tunes that we like to you know have a little uh, curation of the subconscious of the art blending with the science. So learn and be safe. And the way you do that is by educating yourself. So 120,000 people actually got the live virus uh, and develop neurologic problems. That is a real mistake. Have more people been saved than that? Yeah. does Is that number infinitesimally small? Yeah. But if you're one of those people, that changes how you see vaccinations, right? So it is an obligation of those who are with the larger microphones, we have a small mic here, we have a small platform, but it's the obligation of those who know this history as well to say, yeah, that has happened. And these are all the steps we've taken to, to prevent that. There were, were there times of sterility and other consequences? Yeah. Was there ever a time where medications have caused more harm than good that we said, absolutely, I can run through them there, you know, from the serotide to Zygris to Vias. This is in my lifetime alone. Let's talk about how we learn from our mistakes, how we're trying to prevent that, because nothing is perfect. And when we come in with the air of perfection, we have already alienated people who know better. It's not presume these people are dumb. (laughs) We're in a time now that information is readily available. And whether we want to hide it or not, people can go and do the math themselves and say, oh, wait, wait a minute. How come you didn't bring this up? You said that, that there's no chance of getting it. But in 1955, it happened. Why can't it happen now? Good question. You're right. Let's talk about it.
1: And I think that that's what I meant by, like, let's promote, um, you know, these companies and the government being trustworthy, be transparent, because you can't attack the person for being for not for having distrust. You need to see what are you doing to promote trust, you know, and I think that that's where the paradigm needs to shift. I think um, Jawad brought up like a lot of people are concerned about the speed at which the vaccine was um, curated at this point. And I mean... Initially, that was one of my concerns, too, because like, you know, vaccines have to go through many processes of checks and balances, you know, there's experimental stages and trials and then has to go through here and there just to make sure that it's safe for human consumption, right? And this happened in less than a year. So that Mm -hmm. is faster, much faster than we've ever seen with a vaccine. But I did my research and, you know, they're not, they weren't starting from scratch. Let's start there. They weren't starting from scratch. It's not the first time that we've seen a SARS Coronavirus mm-hmm. vaccine. This is not the first time. So you know there are people who dedicate their lives to um, coming up with vaccines and virology and immunology. And this is not a new thing. This is new for us because it's in our faces now. But there has been science that has been started a while ago about these vaccines, MERS, SARS, any type of subset of this um, virus. Yes, this is a novel one, but they have information about how these viruses work, how they're transmitted, and how to provide immunity for a grand scheme. So it's not like we were started from scratch. So they, that's one. And two, when there's money, there's speed. Um, the whole the whole world was under attack at this point. The Rich and famous were under attack, you know? And I think that all the money and resources, everyone paused what project they were doing and focused on this one thing. And that's not something that really has been done in our in modern times as far as the vaccine. So of course it was fast. We have the knowledge, we have prior knowledge, we have money, backing, um, funding. Um, of course it's gonna go fast. And I think that because we were in a state of emergency, there was an added benefit to kind of m- push this along. Yes, that adds to people's fear, but I think that if you look back and understand why the speed makes sense, then that can alleviate a little bit more of your fear. And that's what John is talking about. Educating yourself instead of hearing something and saying, "Oh yeah, that was fast," and that's the end of the discussion. That's the <laughs> end of, you know yeah. what I mean. This is fast. I'm scared, and that's the I end of trust the- them. I don't trust too it. Fast, yeah, yeah too, too fast. I don't like that speed. I didn't like it. Right. No, and and right. I was like that too. Um, you know, my sisters and I. Uh, my sister texted me. She got the email as well. Like, oh, the vaccine is ready. So she called me, and I'm like, yes. And she's like, are you getting it? And I was like, um, eventually, yeah. And she's like too fast. It's too fast. And like, these are doctors, you know, we're doctors saying like, we don't like the speed, but you do yeah. have to educate yourself instead of yeah. sitting in that fear. You have to do yeah. something with that. And and, think- and
0: here's what's funny. So if you ever go to any emergency department and, and do your, we have these surveys that people actually take. And if you've been to an emergency department, you may have gotten a call and they're like, you know, how was your visit? How was your stay? You know, did the doctor treat you with respect? Were the nurses attentive to your needs? You know the number one thing that makes people give us high ratings?
1: What?
0: Speed. <laughs> whether they were fast, whether you got back in time, you know, got back fast, whether they got you in and out fast. So it's so funny how we have these perceptions right. when of what, what is good with speed. It is, it, is a, it is a paradox that, you know, I don't know. Took, go to a restaurant and you got to wait too long to eat food that you didn't cook. Man, really? I, they were too slow. It's funny how people prioritize what's important as far as speed. And, and granted, I get it. I like to call it the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. That's from my nerds out there in the audience, that you cannot be accurate and you know know the speed of something at the same time. That's actually talking about particles around the electron, but it's true. So there is some accuracy that is sacrificed with speed. That's just inherently, but we try to approximate a balance where there's enough of both. And Chidi, you hit on the head. Just again because we saw
1: again i've hit it on the head again hit
0: on the head just because you just saw this doesn't mean that it just popped up
1: right we talked
0: about this Jawad, you hit it you said the sentinel event it is not that last straw the camel that birth the camel's back it's all those straws over years have been stacking over time so this this vaccination uh in a vaccine in the form of uh you know a mrna vaccine had been worked on 35 years ago by a woman who was laughed at mm-hmm. at, 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 at I forget her name, but she, she's been working on saying, hey, you know, I think we should start using MRM, messenger RNA, uh, ribonucleic acid as the starter instead of, you know, you know attenuated or killing viruses or doing those things or just giving viral particles. And they laughed at it. 35 years later, she had been working all this stuff. Now we're doing it. So it's, is it fast or you're just now being made aware of it? So you think it's fast.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And a shout out to the women out there that are really doing it for these vaccines. There's another woman that's come across my screen, Kizzy. I think she's Kismekia or Kismekia Corbett, and she was one of the lead yeah. researchers um, on the vaccine. And she's young, and she's black, and she's cute. Yeah. And I'm just out here. She's out here getting it. Um, yeah. Honestly, she's the one who's like the only way we're gonna get through this is with science. And I just think that. For her to be one of the faces of this just is a testament of where we are mm-hmm. in our time and like black women getting things done as usual. So shout out to her. I didn't want this thing to go by without like- Oh, no, 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 no,
0: no, no. We we, we uh, salute. Sure. Uh, we <laughs> said that uh, two things are very important in this and this is this is tenant. So we've we've been actually, I don't know if you guys realize this, but we've been actually using the, the manifesto all throughout this. We, we spit tenant number one, that the most effective forms of medicine are- education and prevention. Tenet number 10 or principle number 10 in the manifesto is that time and relationship are most valuable resources. Each one augments the other. That's the paraphrase. So the fact that you have groups of people who are collaborating over time gives you a wealth of, of resource, a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of momentum to make big changes like a bat and this seems like it comes out of nowhere. That's the beauty. thing. When you include black, brown, white, any other subcategory of the subjective category of race and all the rainbow of gender that goes along with this and you value those people and their input in that, you've just built this coalition and this mass that is able to do force equals mass times acceleration become a force of change. So. You, you guys, I'm, I'm going to pick up the mic and throw it down and walk off the stage like, uh, <laughs> like I'm a man, Eddie Murphy, and uh, coming to America, sexual chocolate. <laughs> but that's a mic drop. A mic. You know, sexual chocolate, that is a mic drop. When you take people and you respect them from all walks of life, you say, you have something valuable to add to this, come and join this. And that's yeah. what we did in this. We took a world. We didn't just call it a Chinese virus. We didn't just call it, you know, a poor people's disease. We didn't just call it a lesbian gay disease. We did all these things and we brought people together from all walks of life and we, we you know, hopefully we'll make a positive change mm-hmm. in what was, you know, probably one of the more devastating uh, pandemics in our recent lifetime. Now, hold it, I'm gonna pause. Word up, you know what I'm saying? I ain't fronting with nobody else. You know, you know when Smitty give me the word, you know what I mean, I gotta let knowledge be heard. <laughs>